rxmuscle.com brings you Quantum Physiques, building strength and power for your mind, your body, and your spirit. Alternative medicine, muscle growth, mood enhancement, motivation, putting your mind at ease, harnessing your maximum potential. Quantum Physiques, here's your host, Brian Cunningham. And welcome to another episode of Quantum Physiques, where we strive to build... Well, we strive to build more than just strength and power for mind, body, and spirit, actually. I'm your host, Brian Cunningham, of course. Uh, for new listeners, Quantum Physiques is not just your ordinary uh, muscle show. Obviously, it's for those meatheads that have more than meat between their ears. People that realize um, after all these years maybe of training and of trying to peacock around in society and trying to get you know, big muscles, nice clothes, hot women, fast cars, make money, all this bullshit. Uh, they start to realize there's something more to life. There's definitely something here going on in this matrix. And so this is for the show. Uh, this is for the listener who has a little bit more going on and wants to understand that it's not just muscle you're after. You know, obviously we did a whole show last year. Believe it or not, now we're over a year now of shows. Thanks to uh, JTP for helping us produce all these shows. Uh, some amazing guests from John Gray to Gary Null, best-selling authors, very famous people. Um, you know, it's not just about building muscle, but um, last year I had that show on um, Henry David Thoreau and the fact that most men go fishing their entire lives without realizing it's not fish thereafter. And of course, the show was about most people go to the gym their entire lives uh, without realizing it's not looking good that they're after. You know, I just got back from the gym myself. And uh, as we all know, for me, it is a psychological coping mechanism. It's amazing at how much it actually helps to ground me, especially as I'm going through some tough times. And I, I'm sure like a lot of people out there, uh, career, personal relationships, uh, you know, T-S-H-T-F, the shit hit the fan for me recently. And so I've been definitely having uh, more than my fair share of, uh, of hell on earth. And uh, the gym definitely helps to ground me. And, you know, one thing I've always said is that when you get into it, you realize there's a lot of different ways you can be in the gym, obviously. You know, you can go in there and put your headphones on and blast out some really um, adrenaline pumping music that gets you into a certain frame of mind. Um, you know, maybe like um, adrenaline rush, like angry in a sense, or just like totally amped up. Um, you know, and, and that's probably good in some ways. Of course, you might uh, in some ways get more, you know, power from that. Um, there's also, you go in there, and like Jeff and I were talking about it on a few shows, you're watching all the people around, you're just like socializing and looking at who's doing what, who's got a bigger, you know, bigger whatever, bigger bicep, who's wearing what outfit, what chick or what guy's doing what, uh, and you get caught up in the whole social Kim Kardashian, our Jersey Shore aspect of it, of course, you know, but then there's another way too, you know, like tonight, and I'm sure Jeff can relate to as well, we've talked about this, is that every once in a while, you kind of tune into something else. You know, I've always said that lifting heavy weights for me, like doing good, complex, multi-joint movements, like stiff-legged deadlifts with, you know, relatively heavy weights. So you've really got to be present because if you're not, you're going to fuck up and get hurt. Those kind of lifts really make you have to focus on something else. You really got to tune into your body. And even with some adrenaline pumping music, when you're sitting there with, on a squat rack with three or four plates on each side or a deadlift, um, you know, with two to three, four plates on each side, you still have to tune out to some degree and tune into something much deeper. Uh, I mean, who hasn't done some kind of bench press, right? And looked up at the ceiling and found something to focus on, you know, a dot or a crack in the ceiling. 
and actually use that to like kind of get your mind out or get out of your mind in a sense, right? And get into the movement, get into your body. And again, you know, this is the great thing about uh, us iron athletes is that as Eckhart Tolle has said, you know, enlightenment coming awake doesn't happen outside of the body as all these, you know, skinny, I neglect myself spiritualists. And I'm not saying they're all like that, but a lot of people that are into the whole, you know, what I call the foo-foo movement, it's all kind of bullshit. They're all spiritual hypocrites, actually, um, you know, because in spite of their professed spirituality, it's nothing more than ego uh, aggrandization. And sure, you know, athletes, bodybuilders, we are surrounded by peacocks. I mean, half the people on this, actually most of the people on this goddamn website are nothing more than peacocks, you know, synthol-filled, steroid-filled, 10,000 pills of supplements, whatever, ALRI, whoever else puts out that might give them some kind of like ounce of extra muscle, they'll take it just so they can peacock with that extra little feather in their plume when they go out, you know? Every day is like Halloween. But, of course... Um, some people out there realize that, wow, it's pretty cool. You know, um, there is something spiritual about working out. There is something sacred, almost holy. And again, I, I think that going to the gym makes me feel whole again. And that word, W-H-O-L-E, ironically, is also the exact opposite, H-O-L-E. And they're both synonymous with H-O-L-Y, holy. And that's what it is. You're reconnecting to something deeper. And Eckhart Tolle says, again, enlightenment happens through the body not outside of it. And so I really think that we are, are blessed. We are lucky more than most people because, you know, even out of our stupidity, and, and I'm the biggest jackass in the world, I never got into lifting weights for anything, honestly, other than total peacocking when I was a kid. I was 18 years old. I was skinny, ugly, you know, an, an Irish freckly redhead surrounded by Guidos, tan Italian kids, you know, guys like Dave, Dave's half Jewish, half Italian. The, the kids we were surrounded with were even better looking and more tan than he was. <laughs> so I got into it for all the wrong reasons, but you know what? It's been an evolutionary process and I've come to realize that it is a great way to get me more present um, similar to mountain biking, you know, going 40 miles an hour, I call it the Zen of adrenaline, 40 miles an hour down a hill with rocks and stumps and all kinds of crazy shit on that trail. Half the time you're floating over it with those tires. I'm telling you, there is a presence that comes in to your awareness that is not of your mind. It's something else. You're, you're wired, you're going with the flow and you're just totally in tune, not just with the bike, but with the, the whole environment. You know, and when I'm snowboarding and I'm carving that perfect turn and I'm on the edge of going too fast and, you know, off the side of the trail there, there's a cliff. I mean, you're not even afraid of it, actually. It's just, you know, there's something when you are wired to that, that, that trail, that mountain in a sense, and you're carving that perfect, that perfect turn on a snowboard or on a pair of skis or when, you're, when I'm scuba diving. And that is the ultimate in slow, relaxed breathing. Here you are and you your whole life is, is hanging by a fucking tin can full of air. And the one thing that keeps you going, no matter what happens, is the fact that you have to relax when you breathe. Relax when you breathe. No matter what happens, you have to focus on keeping relaxed because if you don't do that, you'll, you'll drown. And of course, I like to push the edge there as well. And I've gone into caves. I've gone into shipwrecks that were like closed off and I've gotten stuck and um, my brother Kenneth was there next to me actually when I got stuck in a cave 
And, you know, again, some people may have panicked and, and just freaked out and started breathing, started panting. And that's the worst thing you can do when you're scuba diving. Um, but, you know, if you can relax and undo your BC, your buoyancy, your, your vest, and take it off and, and get out, you can, you know, you can get back into um, safety. My point being, again, that these extreme sports, they really do, I think, give us this then of adrenaline and, and working out really does that. Um, again, nothing like a good squat or stiff like a dead, deadlift to really feel the entire, to be aware of the entire posterior train, chain. This is meditation in motion. You know, yoga was designed actually as meditation in motion. Um, you know, all these people in this country that, that, that have made it into this multi-billion dollar industry and stuff, you know, most of them are so lost by what the essence of yoga is. They're yoga bullshitters, and I'm calling them on that. Um, the truth is, is that everything is a derivative of meditation. The ultimate quest is to simply be able to do nothing and achieve everything. Because ironically, when you do nothing, there's nothing left to be done. And so with that, of course, the... Earlier meditators back years ago had med- had uh, yoga because you know they didn't have weights around. But listen, we're in Western civilization. You know we have chosen to partake in a subculture that likes lifting weights, that likes physical culture. Nothing wrong with that. You know there's some dark side to that too, but there's some cool things. And and again, our listeners have tuned in and realized that there is really some value here out of being aware of the fact that you're being very present when you're tuned in to your workout. So that's kind of a cool thing, you know, because uh, it does help train the mind. And uh, I think it prepares you for those times when you are, you know, about to lose it. You know, maybe when you're having a hard time or whatever, you know, the grounding you get uh, really does make you better able to cope, I think, with those crazy moments. And God knows, I know a few people going through some crazy moments right now. Myself, for one, getting angry and depressed, getting detached from the situation. I mean, a typical male reaction, right? First, I get angry, you know, which is a fear-based reaction. I mean, any guy, I don't care how big your muscles are, how big your tattoos are, what Harley Davidson you drive, you're a scared motherfucker. You know, it's kind of funny, the irony. I think that one of the themes of the show is that we take the, really, this is the core motif of life, which is, you know, Life at all costs. You know, la vida. Life is great. Life is beautiful. Everyone's talking about how fucking awesome life is, you know? Everything is like pro-life in a sense, right? I don't mean pro-life as far as the whole birth control issue and stuff because all those pro-lifers there, they're pro-death every other fucking place, right? They want to make more prisons. They want to subjugate more minorities, you know, into prisons or, or uh, infantry into, uh, you know, with the, uh, the war and stuff. I mean, so I'm not all about that. I'm talking about the fact that in general, living organisms, of course, we celebrate life. Like it's the raison d'etre. It really is the raison d'etre of existence. And yet, ironically, the teachers have said, what if, what if death was not the worst thing that the entire matrix tells you? What if death was the best thing that could ever happen to you? And what if you were to carry that seed in your mind and just keep mulling it over and over and over again. Kind of like some of the words of Christ. I mean, I love to use, I am in this world, not of it. I am in this world, not of it. And I'm telling you, it just, um, it starts to restructure your brain. I think to some degree, the quality of your thoughts affect, um, 
I guess you would say, you know, your neuronal connections or whatever, you start making new associations and you realize that, and I did a show, an entire show on death, so I'm not going to go there, but this is what meditation, this is what presence really hopes to achieve. It's letting go of the little cockroach you and transcending into a larger context of you, ever larger, ever larger, ever increasing sphere of you-ness, right? Because the unis of the universe is actually the entirety of you. I mean, it's only a matter of how much you can expand your unis into uh, the universe. So, you know, typically the matrix has us programmed, the ego, to believe that, you know, we are this little bag of skin and bones. And of course, for us, little fear-based men, uh, muscles, or, you know, more muscles, and as much as possible, actually, you know. Speaking of muscles, of course, there was a uh, synthol freak that just made the Guinness Book of World Records. <laughs> I mean, it's so hilarious. Some Egyptian guy just shot his arm so full of synthol. I mean, he made Greg Valentino look tiny, man. <laughs> but it's like, uh, people actually believe this guy. He's like, some article on the New York Times or in Yahoo or whatever, like, I'm eating like three pounds of meat a day. And people believe this bullshit. Of course, anybody who even spends any time in the gym realizes there was something so just obtuse about his arms. You know, they were just swollen bags of, of, uh, of edema, of edema, whatever you go call that, with these tiny little, you know, pin stick forearms. I mean, it's hilarious. I'll post it up on the uh, Quantum Physics page on Facebook. By all means, guys, go out and check the Quantum Physics page. You got to see this guy. It's hilarious, man. It really is. So the point of being, of course, is that, uh, you know, here we are, this little bag of skin and bones and muscle. And, um, you know, by working out, we start to expand our, under our awareness of the fact that, you know, the entire matrix is just a reflection of what I am. In essence, you expand the boundaries of what you consider to be you. Uh, Deepak Chopra says, of course, turning back within myself, I create again and again. Um, you know, Gandhi says, there are no others. And that is so true. And again, you know, Jeff and I talked about this on some earlier shows. I need to do an entire show on the dead philosophy of solipsism because solipsism is something to the effect that um, you don't know that other people really exist because you're not inside their head. You only know that you exist. So in that context, of course, this entire universe universe is based on your perception. So how do you know the universe even goes on once you're not here? In essence, the the universe, your universe, ceases to exist once you're not here, actually. And again, this all ties into quantum physics. And uh, it's pretty amazing how quantum physics, just physics in general, just determines so much. I mean, even your emotions, the way you think and feel is determined by physics. I mean, nobody ever makes those kind of associations, but we do on this show. And I would definitely encourage anyone to go check out the archives to understand how, for example... Why does negative come so natural? Why do things always fall apart? Why is it no matter how much you have going for you, somehow, someway, you will inevitably fuck it up or you'll become unhappy, right? I mean, look at the history books. Look at the millions of people that have had everything in the world and have led lives of utter desperation. That's because of physics. Because negative comes natural. Negativity, of course, is another word for entropy, Chaos, disorder, the second law of thermodynamics, the entropy in the universe, the amount of disorder is always increasing. Get a pile of books, stack them up, and eventually they'll fall apart. Take a complex system of cells 
like you, suture it up all together into some kind of Frankenstein cockroach called yourself that evolution kind of like, you know, did over millions and millions of years by making us all love to have an orgasm so that it could trick us into having copies and replications of ourselves over and over and over again throughout millennia till you arrive at you, this one particular Xerox copy. And, um, you know, it's like, yeah, that's not really what the game is here, but it's like, um, anyway, I'm going off on tangent after tangent. Let me change gears here. I'll get back to that uh, at some other time, actually. But I do want to talk about something uh, after the break, uh, intermittent fasting. Some really cool article on intermittent fasting. I think it needs to be covered, and we'll get right back. This is Quantum Physiques. I'm your host, Brian Cunningham. Stay tuned. Quantum Physiques, building strength and power for your mind, body, and spirit. If you train hard, you need to recover hard. Training elevates cortisol, but so does stress and tension. Stress is the number one health risk you face today and not only causes you to put on abdominal fat, but it's also one of the contributing factors in the top six causes of death, which includes heart disease and cancer. But now you can relieve that stress, rebuild, recover, and feel great with fast-acting Gabitrol. Gabitrol works quickly to help you improve relaxation and recovery, reduce cortisol, elevating stress, and reduce binge eating. Plus, Gabitrol will also help you to get that deep, restful sleep. Warriors are built, not born. And now you can build a better body with fast-acting Gabitrol. Recommended by New York Times number one best-selling author, Dr. John Gray. Gabitrol is available now at rxstress.com. P28 High Protein Bread is the official bread of RX Muscle. Are you looking to incorporate more protein into your meals or just want to enjoy bread again? Then look no further. Try the 100% natural P28 High Protein Bread. P28 High Protein Bread is a formulated revolutionary breakthrough product. Packed with whey protein isolate, 14 grams of protein per slice, 12 grams of carbs, 8 essential amino acids, and made with 100% whole wheat. Fear bread no more. Build a better body with P28. Order today at HighProteinBread.com. P28 is also now available at Bodybuilding.com and many other retailers. Order now. HighProteinBread.com. P28 Bread. RX Muscle approved. Fusion Bodybuilding makes bodybuilding's strongest supplements, and they're committed to giving back to you. Fusion Bodybuilding not only want to promote the bodybuilding lifestyle, but they also want to help build the sport. Bodybuilding is all they do. It's their obsession. You know the feeling. That's why you're here. Visit Fusion Bodybuilding at FusionBodybuilding.com or join in on the conversation on the Fusion Bodybuilding fan page on Facebook, where you'll find IFBB Pro Q&As, contest giveaways, and nothing but in-depth bodybuilding talk. Fusion Bodybuilding, bodybuilding's strongest supplements. Head over to FusionBodybuilding.com today. Quest Bars from Quest Nutrition is Dave Palumbo's favorite protein bar. It's the only bar that's not simply a candy bar in disguise. There's no sugar or sugar alcohols, no soy, and zero trans fat. Quest Bars contain only the highest grade protein from whey and milk protein isolates. Quest Bars are also the lowest carb bar available, only 4 to 5 grams, and they all come from nuts. Quest Bars are also gluten-free. Quest Bars were specifically made for people People who are serious about their physiques and who want the highest quality ingredients. Best of all, they taste great. Learn more about Quest Bars by visiting QuestProteinBar.com and try them out for yourself. Check out QuestProteinBar.com now. RxMuscle.com. Now you have a place to turn when you want the truth on bodybuilding, diet, and exercise. Up to the minute news and more. Visit the RxMuscle.com forums featuring celebrity Q and A's with IFBB professional athletes, top amateurs, and the brightest minds 
guys in the industry. Listen to our weekly radio shows, including Heavy Muscle Radio, Muscle Girls Inc., After Hours, and more. Contest coverage, videos, even our own social networking site, RX Muscle Place. Visit rxmuscle.com. And welcome back to Quantum Physiques, where we strive to build awareness and presence with every day you go to the gym or mind, body, spirit, building strength and power, of course. I'm your host, Brian Cunningham, trying to cover a wide range of topics and cram as much as I can into a quick show. A couple of things I want to show, uh, talk about, actually. I have told everybody, probably last year at some point, to consider a plan B, to consider buying precious metals. Gold just shot up, um, you know, quite a bit, actually. It's still a good time to get in. You know, um, you guys got to follow the economy. Bernanke, the chairman of the Fed, has basically said last week, we're going to keep printing monopoly money until we float all of our problems away. What that means, of course, is that commodities like oil and wheat and corn and sugar, coffee, um, and also precious metals um, are going to go up. And so, you know, gold jumped up a lot. Uh, I think since last year when I recommended it, gold was somewhere around $1,000 an ounce. It had reached a high of 1900 went back down to 1550 It was on sale, a great time to buy. And it's since gone back to touch almost $1,800 right now. It's still in the base building phase. I'm telling you, the guys like Peter Schiff and Mark Faber, these are some gurus of, of investing, have said gold's going to go to three, four, five thousand dollars $5,000 an ounce within the next like two to five years. So you can still get in if you want to. It's a good time to get in without a doubt. Another thing, this is the Quantum Physiques exclusive, actually. Uh, I'm telling you, this is something you should look into. The Iraqi dinar, it's a currency of Iraq. And from what I understand, someone told me about this before, that it was devalued when America invaded Iraq. And actually, um, you know, people have been talking about the fact that the, um, I guess, the International Monetary Fund or the governments of the world or whatever, the World Bank, they were going to revalue the currency. I thought it was a crock of shit, you know. Did some research. Turns out when we invaded Kuwait, Back in, I guess, the 80s or whatever, the Kuwaiti currency was devalued back then as well. And then I think a year or three after that, it was revalued. And people that had bought the devalued currency made a fortune when it was revalued. So the equivalence that I've been told here recently has been something to the effect of like $1,000 worth of dinar right now when it is revalued, would give you on the order of a million dollars of currency when it becomes revalued. So you're looking at around a thousand, uh, I guess a thousand time or thousand fold increase in your investment. So that's pretty amazing. You can take a hundred dollars basically and turn it into, I guess, what would that be? A hundred thousand dollars? I mean, it's ridiculous. So the risk is minimal. I think most people can afford to lose a hundred dollars. The upside, hundred grand, could change someone's life. Actually, you know, and I have it um, again. I've, I've dismissed it for a long time. Some of my friends, I didn't take them too serious, but I have it from a good source that this is something worth looking into. And so I have to say, my skepticism has definitely diminished greatly because of this. So um, something you guys may want to take me up on is looking at buying some hard currency, the Iraqi dinar. So switching gears. We are running out of time, but I do want to get into part one of some interesting new developments on intermittent fasting. I'm a big fan, of course, of some type of fasting. I, you know, I've definitely seen some studies showing that uh, when you're hungry, people that are hungry 
tend to um, be less depressed, less anxious. They tend to be more alert, more focused. It makes sense, of course, because in our ancestral environment, uh, when your attitude and your mind, your survival depended on it, typically being hungry is going to bring out the razor's edge of your predatory skills. If you ever watched, again, ever watched the lion or any type of uh, you know carnivore hunt, you know uh, when they're full, they're fat, lazy shits. They sit around all day doing nothing, and that's exactly how most of this country is. Hence, the fucking problems that we have because we're full of fat, lazy shits. You know, and even with six packs, please. Most people, Jersey Shore mentality, kind of Kim Kardashian, she's a fat, lazy shit. She looks great. She's had tons of surgery, probably takes GH, of course, or something like that as well. She's still mentally a fat, lazy shit. So that's what I'm talking about here. It's not about how you look because I don't care how big your fucking pecs are. Mentally, you're a fat, lazy shit. You're still living a fucked up life. Pardon my French. But my point is, again, when you see these predators on these Discovery Channel shows and they're hungry... Man, they are fucking sharp. They are intelligent. They strategize their social group to learn how to herd, um, you know, the the um, the gazelle or the wildebeest, of course, into a certain funnel that the other ones, like whether it be hyenas or cape hunting dogs or lions, can take advantage. Pretty amazing. So again, fasting, I think, is great for the psychological benefits. Number one, but also for the upregulation, of course, of different epigenetic factors that promote insulin sensitivity. Actually, let me just uh, give you some synopsis here of some stuff here. There's an emerging consensus that narrowing the window of time that you eat may have an enormous health benefit and help you reduce the percentage of body fat. Hey, listen, I'm not going to deny the, um, you know, the physical aspects or the, what's the word? I guess the beauty aspects of it. That's really what it is all about being beautiful. Um, the benefits of intermittent fasting include reduced oxidative stress, reduced, I'm sorry, increased insulin sensitivity, increased mitochondrial energy efficiency. That's critical. The mitochondria, man, they're really a key. Um, so these types of fasting programs are only partially beneficial as they do not accommodate your circadian rhythm. Which means, of course, that while they're good, they're obviously not giving you the full benefits. Uh, They're only good to a very limited degree. Believe it or not, your body is actually programmed for nocturnal feeding. And the one-day-a-meal regimen, according to this one particular article written by um, Ori Hoffmeckler, this is actually on um, Mercola.com. I'm actually going to... um, Post this on the Quantum Physiques page on Facebook. Once again, if everyone just go there, you can definitely get... Actually, I'm going to give a discount too. You know, one thing I got to say, I took some of my Gabitrol today because I said I was having a bad day. It really took the edge off. I really feel much better and I want to give Quantum Physiques listeners a discount. So I'm going to post a coupon on there for that. But also I'm going to post this article. I want you guys to uh, read it and check it out. It's pretty cool. But his thing is... Believe it or not, your body is programmed for nocturnal feeding, night feeding, and the one meal a day regimen is the only type of intermittent fasting program that accommodates your innate circadian clock and can maximize the beneficial effects you get from intermittent fasting on a daily basis. Now, that, of course, turns most people's idea of when and what to eat, or at least when to eat, upside down. Um, Also, he states, most foods negate the effects of fasting, meaning you can't have any foods when you're fasting, but he claims there's some exceptions. There are foods you can 
eat safely during your fast without compromising the fast. Um, and this includes fast assimilating nutrient-dense foods like quality whey protein, green vegetables, and berries. And then with berries, of course, there would be like the uh, super berries, like goji berries, um, blueberries, things like that that are very nutrient-dense, I guess, is, is the types of berries he says you can have during the fast without worrying about actually um, you know, causing a, a break in the fast. Um, you know, one thing I, I have, to give, have to give Adele, Professor Dr. Andrew, who was a guest and had a great show. I got to get him back on again. Uh, you know, the whole idea of what it means for breakfast, you know, this notion that breakfast is the first meal of the day or the meal you have in the morning and you got to like, you know, pig out. It actually, the literal translation, of course, is it's the meal where you break your fast. And um, throughout antiquity, throughout history, it seems like the ancient Greek and Roman civilizations, um, they never had breakfast. They never had a breakfast. The breaking of the fast, their break fast, was actually dinner. And so it seems like there's a lot of historical evidence supporting the idea that human populations throughout the ages have actually had their largest meal at, at, in the evening, basically. Because, of course, um, during the day we'd wake up we would go out and have to hunt because we were able to, I mean, one of the reasons why, just so you know, lions hunt at night because they have poor vision. Oh, actually, because number one, I believe, actually, they have really good vision. I stand corrected. Because they can't hunt during the day. It's too hot. But humans, homo sapiens, homo erectus, began losing our hair as an evolutionary advantage to allow us to go out in the midday sun when most animals were actually not very active because the sun was too hot. It gave us the advantage to go out and hunt during the midday sun. So there is some, I guess, anthropological evidence supporting the fact that we typically were you know, nomadic wanderers out during the course of the day in the heat uh, hunting. We would you know, maybe take down a big, um, you know, what do you call them? A gazelle or something even bigger, I guess a zebra and carry it back or we'd be foraging for nuts and berries or whatever you want to call it, of course, uh, carry it back to the home center where the tribe was or whatever, uh, start carving it up. Uh, maybe there was fire. We'd start, you know, having a celebratory meal, of course, at night, we would gorge ourselves and fall asleep. And that's typically what most predators do. If you look at how lions hunt, of course, um, you know maybe their circadian rhythms off a little bit because if they're hunting at night, they're going to eat during the course of the night and then sleep pretty much twenty three hours until you know the next point they got to go hunting. But um, most predators, uh, you know, the animals on top of the food chain, they will gorge and then they will sleep and digest. And it seems like our circadian rhythm is set up for us to do just that. So that alone for me was groundbreaking. The fact that we need to start looking at um, skipping more meals throughout the day, actually narrowing that window of when we're going to eat. Now this is again to optimize body composition, but also to optimize um, you know health and stress resistance, all the different parameters that make us look and feel better, both psychologically and physically, um, but also help to slow the aging process down. I mean, disease prevention, you name it. This type of shift in how we consume our food is pretty critical. Now I want to get into the article more and critique it because there are some things I don't agree with. I actually ran it by Adele, again, Dr. Uh, Professor Andro, who I encourage everyone to tune into. He's a great 
source of information. And he did a pretty good critique of the article as well. So by all means, let's leave it there for now and come back with a more in-depth analysis of what exactly this intermittent fasting approach is and whether or not you really can consume whey protein, green vegetables, and berries during the course of your fast? And if so, how much before you end up elevating insulin and causing you know the whole thing to kind of fall apart? We'll get into that more next week here on Quantum Physiques. I want to thank everyone for tuning in. This is your host, Brian Cunningham. Come back next week for a good show on intermittent fasting. Quantum Physiques with Brian Cunningham is dedicated to harnessing the power of the holy grail of health, fitness, lifestyle, and success. And you'll hear Quantum Physiques every 